Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to gather ourselves and call this budget work session to order. I need to make a motion or read a motion for electronic meeting participation pursuant to Rule 3D, subsection 4B. Need five in the chambers? Okay. We lost that. One. We just need five in in council chambers to receive this motion so we can allow our colleague who is at home still go ahead and read the Chamber Emergency Evacuation Plan and Announcement. Upon activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use the exits to the left or right front of the council chamber or the east or west stairwell outside of the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in front of the Department of Social Services building at 900 East Marshall Street. Citizens and employees should assist visually and hearing impaired visitors with exiting the building. That is a great suggestion, Ms. Davis. I appreciate you. Uh, pursuant to Rule uh, 3D, subsection 4B of Council's Rules of Procedure, uh, our colleague, Councilor Stephanie Lynch, has made a request to participate in this meeting via Microsoft Teams uh, from her home due to a medical condition that prevents her physical attendance. The council members present must adopt a motion to approve Councilor Lynch's participation in this meeting by electronic communication means if it appears to the body that her request complies with Rule 3D of Council's Rules of Procedure. At this time, Pursuant to Rule 3D, subsection 4D of Council's Rules of Procedure, is there a motion from those council members physically assembled approving Councilor Lynch's participation in this meeting by electronic communication means? So moved. Second. The Council is voting on the motion for electronic participation. Member Jordan? Aye. Member Lambert? Aye. Member Trammell? Member Newbill? Aye. Vice President Nye? Aye. President Jones? Aye. That motion has been approved. And we wish our colleague a very speedy recovery. Um, we're here today to receive presentation, discussion, and preparation of final council proposed FY 2024 budget amendments. Um, I believe someone from staff, council staff, uh, Ms. Letitia Holmes, Council Chief of Staff, will present. We'll invite her to come forward at this time. And again, colleagues, this, this, um, we just want this to be as 
even though I want this to be as informal as possible, uh, that once you get the, the floor, if you have several questions, that's fine. You don't need to ask, can you follow up? So if you start a, a line of questioning, um, please feel free to continue that uh, line of questioning until uh, it is exhausted. Ms. Holmes. Good afternoon, President Jones, President, uh, Vice President Nye, distinguished members of council. Um, we have made it to budget work session number five. Um, and you will note in this one, we are doing a preparation of our council proposed amendment um, for the FY24 Richmond government budget. Um, and with that said, we're going to try to go through the review of the proposed general fund amendments and then follow that with the review of proposed CIP amendments. We are not proposing to um, balance the budget today, um, but we want to go through and get your consensus around a way forward with both. That being said, these are your shared priorities. Just to remind you once again um, what they are and have them fresh under your eyes. Um, so we're going to jump right into the general fund proposed amendments. You'll recall that there were 10. Um, we added two additional ones that have been included under a different heading under revenue amendments. Um, I'm pausing President Jones just to make sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, that being said, um, there are a total of 12 additional um, amendments. Um, eight were came from new priorities um, and two previously established priorities. What we're going to do today um, is I'm going to present them to you again. Um, and the administration has provided, we've collaborated a little bit um, in the off time and has provided some responses. Um, the edict received from um, President Jones to our staff was to try to fund all um, $7 million as it was a 0.006 um, percentage of the entire budget. Um, after having some conversation, um, administration would like to present to you some alternatives. Um, and so as a result, I'm going to go through them all. I'm going to pause, allow them to come and provide you their responses, which are before you today for the first time. Um, and then following that, um, Mr. Robert Bob will come forward and have a discussion between administration and council. So, and then we'll move into CIP. So that being said, um, again, they're under the headings of the priorities still listed in that way. Um, and so there was a request for an assistant recreation supervisor as well as MLK Life Coach Program. Um, the response on the recreation is that there's nothing being included in the budget at this time um, because there were two full-time positions hired at the center, so additional staff are not necessary. Um, the MLK Life Coach Program, um, $50,000 had been allocated through a different way. Again, um, the administration will tell you more details about these. This is just the primer for you to get your mind around it. Um, funding for the substance abuse program was funded at 150000 or is it proposed to be included in the budget? The Calhoun Center creation, Content Creation Lab, some conversations have happened um, that suggest that it can be funded um, after the um, improvements to the center are made. The equity request for funding for Annie Jowles was not addressed um, because this can be done through AmeriCorps program through the Office of Community Wealth Building. That is Strong Futures for Children and Family for Planned Growth, Economic Progress, and Affordable Housing. No uh, general fund priority amendments were submitted. 
So then we moved to safe and clean neighborhoods. This was a big conversation um, in the, our last, and it was funded, set, proposed to be funded at $30,000 with no objections and no additional response. Um, for strategic infrastructure investment, you'll recall that most of those items, we moved anything that was strategic in infrastructure investment and called that over our CIP. Um, and so as a result, none, nothing was submitted here. So that bumps us into responsive, accountable, and innovative government. Um, there was a client, climate and sustainability grants manager position proposed um, after some conversation. Um, because there were two full-time positions um, uh, funded, this was... Um, not to, or was proposed not to be funded um, in FY24. The 5% um, retiree bonus pay, um, there's some conversation around this. Um, there's some concern about funding this and what it will do to the, um, the BRS system. Sorry about that. City Council office enhancements, there was an error in the dollar amount, so you notice that that's bigger. Just to point that out, there's $189,000 off, um, so that is increased, and that would be fully funded at the 1.156, but previously it said 966-804. Um, the vision of neighborhood support, there's some overlap between um, that and one of the enhancements. So. Uh, uh, administration said that they would they would be able to do this um, in phases and potentially do phase one with just two staff, um, and that came out this morning. That's why it says NA. So funded 1.26 million in responsive, sorry, responsive, accountable, and innovative government. When we get to revenue, um, we move some items from revenue amendments to the general fund. So the other other post. Employment benefits or OPEB increase. Um, I'm going to allow administration to talk a little bit more about that, but they did not propose to fund that, um, proposed to fund it in a different way. Um, and the increase to senior tax relief program at 384000 they proposed to fund it, but have some alternative options for you as well. So with that being said, under um, to be funded, alternative is about $4 million, and then the funded is $1.8 million. So that leads us to amendment discussion. So if you had any burning questions after having received that information, um, this is where that opportunity would exist to have questions, to ask questions. Um, and I would like to call up the administration to be able to answer your questions and provide additional context to what I've provided you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Newbill? Yes, Dr. Jones, um, I'd like the administration to speak to the 5% retiree bonus pay and the discussion we've had and the proposed follow-up on that. Lincoln is coming to the microphone now. Thank you. Good afternoon, members of City Council. Um, Council President uh, Lincoln Saunders, Chief Administrative Officer. Uh, the 5% retiree bonus pay, um, what uh, Councilmember Newbell and myself and Mr. Bob discussed earlier is uh, to have a follow-up conversation with our financial advisors to talk through some of the concerns we have raised. I'm sorry, I'll speak up um, in regards to the uh, two impacts of funding a additional bonus for retirees at this time. Um, before I go into those, I'll just say absolutely understand the motive, the desire, the need and the, um, share the desire to support our retirees to the best of our ability. The challenge and concern um, I would share at this time is 
that we are currently awaiting the actuarial study from the Virginia Retirement System as we consider that transition. Um, that's one piece, with the second piece being that um, what our advisors have, have shared with us is that because we did a bonus last year, considering a bonus this year, um, when our, when, whether it is VRS or, um, Wall Street's review of our funding of our retirement system, establishing a bonus pattern will essentially get treated the same as providing a COLA. Uh, given the decline, uh, in our current funded status of the retirement system, um, we know that a essentially increase in our unfunded liability for the retirement system will make the transition to VRS both more um, cost prohibitive and challenging. Um, what we would recommend is that uh, we, we hope to get the VRS um, actuarial study back in the city's hands, and then once we have that, we'd be able to bring to council um, proposals for how to address uh, the needs of our current retirees uh, once we have the actuarial study and a path forward and a decision on uh, transitioning to VRS as well as a timeline. So it's a bit of a, a, a two-part uh, step we're proposing. Uh, obviously, from conversations, we want to make sure council is getting um, the, the best advice from our financial advisors and how this could impact the funded status of our retirement system as well as um, the desire that has been shared by council and administration to fully vet the opportunity to transition to VRS. So, uh, as Dr. Newby will say, more to come on this one. Dr. Newby. Thank you, Dr. Jones and uh, Mr. Saunders. The other part of the discussion pertained to surplus funding and whether that was an opportunity and that we would certainly look at that in the context of the discussion with Davenport and uh, financial well, financial advisors this week prior to our final uh, amendment process. Correct. Um, what I will, will just caveat on that is that it uh, contingent and dependent upon its impact to our unfunded status and the VRS actuarial review and our um, yeah the, those two pieces the VRS transition and the actuarial study. Um, we would certainly look to collaborate to bring forward a path on bonus if we can overcome those hurdles. Lincoln, what do you plan, or Ms. Saunders, what do you plan to, uh, when do you anticipate receiving the actuarial study? Uh, we are beholden to VRS and their timing. Um, they've had our data for many months now. Um, as I think I've shared to council before, they. VRS changed their actuarial uh, in the fall, and so they are currently catching up on their queue of required or requested studies. And so uh, we have no firm commitment from them. Um, I do think we are hopeful to receive it before many months pass, um, but we are entirely uh, uh, dependent on them completing their analysis and, and sending it to us so that we can then review it and propose options uh, for council's consideration for um, how and if to move forward with a transition plan. Thank you. Dr. Newbill. 
Thank you, Dr. Jensen. Again, thank you, Mr. Saunders. I am looking forward to having discussion prior to our meeting on the 12th such that a recommendation can be made relative to bonus pay uh, for this, depending, in this current year or the upcoming year. So. Yes, ma'am. Council Robertson. And if we, and, and, and I'll say something later as well, but um, again, just condolences uh, to you and your family on um, the passing of your brother. So many people forget that we're humans on top of all the work that we have to do. But I just wanted to pause and uh, just let you know that you were, you're in our thoughts and, and our prayers, Doc. Appreciate you, Ellen. Thank you. Madam Robertson, that's the floor. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, so um, the amendments that I have in the budget um, under um, Assistant uh, Recreation Supervisor at Ann Hardy, um, I had a discussion a little bit earlier. I'm informed that uh, some of these things are in process and um, The challenge that I that that I face always when we unless I can see where it is in the budget, I'm not confident that it's there. Um, I understand that there's work in progress to make sure that we provide uh, our rec centers when they have one staff person or one staff person and I have. They're just not. It's just not effective and efficient. And I will say that for this center, um, um, Parks and Rec, uh, Mrs. Cheatham, that's there, is, she's excellent. I mean, she's, she's super. Um, but she will not, I mean, we are dealing with a, a park that covers an entire block, and we've got a rec center house in the center of it. And so it's not just the facility, the building itself is the entire block. And she's done a fabulous job at utilizing that whole facility to really bring the community together. We are one of the, we are one of the gentrified communities in the city of Richmond. And I can tell you that what I've seen happen at that center under her leadership has brought new residents of all walks of life together collectively in their programming and their strategy that have created harmony in the community without any uh, feeling of new people versus old people and folk not feeling integrated and inclusive together. So this amendment is, is bigger than just a, a part-time staff person. It really is the fabric of holding uh, gentrified communities together and having a medium for them to build community relationships. And so Lincoln has said to me that they are in the process of doing that. Um, it's way past due in the current year, much less what may be coming forward. Uh, so I really need to be able to see that it's in the budget, not just a promise that it's going to be there. Um, and for the Maggie L. Walker uh, Life Coach, uh, this $250,000 is only partial funding, but it's, it would be good seed money to grow the capacity of the organization to build a stronger board, to do more aggressive fundraising. Um, the principal at MLK school will tell you that 
what's being done through this initiative is keeping kids, um, addressing children's needs, not their academic needs, but preparing them so that when they go into the classroom, they are in a learn mode mindset. And, and the principal has, has pointed her heart out to us asking for support with this. And so uh, based on my conversation that I had just a few moments ago, um, I have received a commitment. Uh, it's a verbal commitment, um, but I am looking for that additional to be added there so that we can at least know that this money is in the budget. It is a, a new program for the city um, to be funded, uh, so I respect the fact that we want to make sure that the organization is prepared as well to do what the principal has affirmed with me that she that they are doing. Um, but that speaks to my concern as to how we get proposals from the administration for $1.7 million for new organizations, and it doesn't seem to be. Uh, we've got to test the ground to make sure it works well. And um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how we make these decisions. I, we've had several new organizations come to us uh, even though they may be going through a filtering agency to help uh, do some filtering of the organization, many of them first-time funders, and it seems to be nothing, no big deal. Uh, this is an African-American-led organization, an African-American board, uh, doing a fabulous job with our children. And uh, so if I see the amendment for the 250 from the administration, that would be confirmation. I don't know, uh, Mr. Chair, if there's anything else of amendment that I've individually put in uh, that I need to address, um, except for uh, Ann Hardy, uh, except for, um, I'm sorry, if, except for um, what we're looking at as far as funding to support the AmeriCorps initiative. So. Mr. Saunders, would you like to speak to these uh, again i want to keep this kind of informal as possible so we can have discussions so we know at least on both sides your staff would know which direction we're going in after today and our staff will know kind of which yes sir appreciate um, that we do believe that uh um the parks and rec team is currently working to address and, and hire um to the spirit of this amendment additional staff uh for uh, Ann Hardy. Um, I'm going to be working with the team over the next 24 hours um, to see if we can get kind of uh, maybe a, I believe the next request, uh, excuse me, the third request on this list is actually was, was originally submitted at 550,000, not 50,000 as shown on screen. Um, I think we can accomplish many of the goals at a slightly lower budget amount, so we'll, we'll come back with that number by Wednesday. Um, and figure out, you know, what, what is needed versus what's already considered in either parks operating or other, other sources. So we'll come back to the recommendation on that. Um, for the MLK Life Coach Program, uh, we are currently uh, providing, I believe, a $50,000 pilot grant for this organization. Um, I will be bringing forward a, more or less a recommendation or would, would ask that we um, put the 
250,000 into the children's fund. Um, I think I had the name wrong earlier when I spoke to you about uh, which fund we would recommend putting it into uh, to be held for, you know, after the pilot period to review and, and consider additional funding. And, and, and again, let me just speak to just as it relates to parks and recs um, and programming. I, I have a, a very, very active center um, with the amount of staff that they have there. They still need more to assist with different types of programming because a lot of them are there. You know, you're talking about a center that's open from nine, ten o'clock in the morning till eight, nine o'clock at night, and so. Even though it may say, hey, well, they have five or six FTEs, some of those are just there to ensure that, hey, building's open, clean, some basic things like that and janitorial work. But even a Southside Community Center, they need FTEs to just implement various forms of programming. Um, and, and again, they, they do a fabulous job. I mean, they, they really do. But all of our centers, if we would, if we're going to be proactive, about doing that type of work, you don't have enough FTEs at this point to get the work done. Um, and again, I I live around the corner from mine, and I'm in there very. I'm in there a lot. I'm in there a lot, and I see the needs just on their side. And again, they're doing. They, we've got a lot of bodies in there. And I remember. I don't know if you remember, uh, Miss Robinson, when I first came on council. That was my first ask. Uh, and you, Parker, and everyone else supported the fact that, hey, let's get more funding for programming uh, at this space. And so um, we can never have enough bodies in these spaces doing the type of creative work that's necessary, this proactive work, because this, this is gun violence initiatives. These, these are the things that do the job readiness. These are the things, you know, that, that keep these young people active, and we have to focus on um, things that don't include a basketball, a football, or a soccer ball. And I know that may sound counterintuitive coming from a guy that ran into people for a living, but everyone doesn't play football. Everyone doesn't play a sport. And we have to have things to get these young, uh, you know, and again, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but a lot of these kids that are, that have these issues, they don't play the sports. Right, they, they, you know, because then the football coach would get them, or the basketball coach would get them. It's the fellas that aren't involved in a lot of these regular uh, uh, staffed activities that are out here causing the issues. They're the ones dropping out. They're the ones that are doing all these things. So, again, I know that we'll say, well, hey, we're funding this within Parks and Recs, but we can never put enough money into our um, into our facilities because there's something that could literally be done every single day of the week. So I, I just as I'll be interested to watch how this evolves uh, through the next few weeks here. Uh, Ms. Holmes. So at this portion of the presentation was the opportunity for um, administration to go through additional um, items that they have alternative um, opportunities for funding or have included in, t in the actual budget or not included in the budget. Um, and so we've discussed Ms. 
um, Robertson's three, which are on this first slide, and then um, the next two slides, the next two slides still contain one, two, three additional places in which you may want to hear from the administration. Following that, Mr. Bob would um, come up and try to get us to a consensus of how to move forward if there's any forward movement on these. So I'm going to turn it back to Lincoln to talk about the Calhoun Center content, Creation Lab. Uh, so speaking to the first item on this agenda, on this list, um, uh, I have not had an opportunity, I apologize, to connect with Ms. Lambert on this, but I know that um, our parks team and Ms. Lambert did connect last week to discuss this. Uh, I think what we have shared is that we are moving as expeditiously as possible with the Calhoun Center improvements, knowing that it requires some steps from HUD. I, I signed a letter today you know, keeping this ball moving forward, et cetera. And what we have suggested is that it, it would be difficult at this phase to stand up a creation lab. Um, but as we engage the community on the future of the Calhoun Center, bringing this forward for them, for community input and consensus, uh, so that it can be part of a future scope and um, uh, vision for the Calhoun Center. But I would defer to the council member. Council member Lambert. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you for um, raising that point. Um, I did have a discussion with Parks and Rec last week um, to talk about this lab, um, and so they assured me that as we move forward with the design for the Calhoun Center, this will be incorporated. So I'm okay with the allocation, and I appreciate the administration for making sure we answered all my questions. Thank you. Uh, the next item on the list is the grants manager position within climate and sustainability. I think, did we already speak, address this one? It was mentioned that we have additional, uh, two additional grant management and coordination positions within our um, budget department. Uh, I had a brief conversation with a council member last week, uh, just relaying our recommendation that we look at uh, ensuring that sustainability is a, is a significant focus of those additional grant uh, coordination uh, staff, and we, we continue to pursue all available opportunities, but we are working hard to centralize grants management um, so that we can be ensure that as we go out for grants, we are planning appropriately for the city's commitments as part of any awards for matching and otherwise. Um, so we would recommend that we, we move forward with the additional positions within budget um, as opposed to uh, placing an, an additional position within sustainability. Ms. Jordan? Yes, thank you, President Jones. Um, I would appreciate just a little extra context on how the Consolidated Grants Department is going to work. And I do think that's the right way to go. But when you do have, you know, specific focus areas like, uh, you know, sustainability response, how does that person liaise with, you know, the relating office? Uh, would you like us to put that on the agenda for a future GovOps meeting or or another avenue. Um, I think it's it's certainly important to, to uh, have the budget department outline how we are planning to approach um, grants coordination. It has been very decentralized um, in my time with the city, mm -hmm. uh, which I think both means we miss opportunities, right, because of staff capacity when opportunities arise and, you know, folks who are wearing multiple hats within the department being also responsible for 
uh, finding and then applying for, for additional grants. I think we need um, to ensure that we are, uh, and we are still going to have to rely on um, the subject matter experts as we identify and uh, pursue these opportunities. Um, it is something that we do, I mean, we have multiple ways of, of uh, identifying and prioritizing those grants. Mm -hmm. um, our, our federal lobbyists help with identifying federal funding sources. Um, There's just myriad of ways, and I'm probably not the subject matter expert to go in them, but would love to be able to talk mm -hmm. more about our centralization plans at an appropriate setting. Okay, I guess my, my question is just more, Will there be some co-reporting of one of these new grant coordinators to the Office of Sustainability? Absolutely. Okay. If you're, if you're talking about having um, some of our coordinators essentially have departments as clients that they're working to both identify and support them, mm -hmm. and you know, similarly, we also on the back end have to make sure that um, applications that are submitted uh, safer grant is a great example, right? We are planning in our, in our five-year forecasts for what it will mean when the safer grant runs out and what that means for is from facilities to personnel um, to be able to support those operations continuing. But that's why it's important that budget is a part of the conversations with grant applications and, and pursuit. Okay. Well, I think you know, as long as the commitment is that one of these grant coordinators will be focused in working on Office of Sustainability grants and co-reporting out to that office, then I'm fine with this approach. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Saunders, regarding the grant position, uh, will the new position fully administer the grant from the application process to the grave, from the, to the end, rather, cradles to the grave, meaning applying, reporting, processing, invoices, et cetera? Uh, the, short, the answer uh, it, it, to that is yes. Acknowledging that there will also be departmental collaboration and support uh, alongside of that, but from application to make sure we hit our reporting requirements, accounting, invoicing, et cetera, uh, yes, that's what this, this, this division will have to be responsible for. Thank you. This one? Okay. All right. Uh, so OPEB um, had a lot of great conversations and a lot of great progress in the last year on our unfunded liability in regards to other post-employment benefits. Um, the, I believe as the amendment cited, the current defined, um, actuarial defined contribution to ADC uh, is set at 3.5 million and we have 2.4 million in the budget. The 3.5 million ADC though was set at our higher OPEB liability than, than where we have moved it today. So we are um, proposing that we look to get an updated ADC and then ensure that we are funding appropriately to that. Um, but we have not had that ADC updated, I believe, since the audit or since the, the recent uh, adjustments to the um, OPEB liability. And so uh, we think we need to get that ADC updated and make sure we're funding appropriately to that first. Thank you. Um, are you saying ADC? ADC, actuarial defined contribution. So that's what the actuary would say we need to annually fund to fund our liability. And okay. that number, the 3.5 million, was calculated prior to the recent um, changes. 
So how quickly, how quickly do you plan on um, getting that adjusted number? Good afternoon, Sabrina Joy Hogg, Deputy Chief Administrative Officer for Finance and Admin. Um, we plan on doing it this year. It's, it has to be done by actuaries, and we will again go out and do a study for the new ADC. So the 3.5 was there for us to reach the unfunded liability status by a certain time period, but since all the changes were made, we need a revised study to give us our new ADC number to reach the unfunded status. And our unfunded status went from 100 and something million to a little over 20 million. Yeah. So that 3.5 will change. Okay. And the 24 budget already includes 2.4 million for it. Right. But according to our policy, we should be funding it at 3.5. Do we have a, do we have a policy? I don't think, yeah. Um. I believe you may be speaking to the policy as defined was that we would fund our ADC to fund our unfunded liability. With our, um, Lou, you want to, um, the, what we're, what we're trying to, so by reducing our liability to, you know, one-sixth of what it was prior to, we anticipate our ADC to come down significantly. So the 2.4 million will certainly go to help support our unfunded liability there. Um, but we believe that we should ex anticipate seeing a lower ADC number going forward once we have the opportunity to have an actuary run it for us. Um, we have, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mr. Lasser, if you would come on down, impeccable timing. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to commend the actions that were done a year, year and a half ago. We were facing $118 million OPEB liability, and it's down to, it was calculated this past summer, fall, and it's down to uh, the $20 million range. Now, the contributions that were calculated in Correctly, it's that Gasby 75, correct? Is that the, the right number? I want to make sure I'm quoting the right. So we got the real accountants, the actuaries, to come in and redo the study. They recalculated the liability. And the, the what I refer to, what they call it, ADC or ARC, maybe it's me like a Noah's Ark, I don't know. Your actuarially required contribution was calculated at $3.75 million in that study. And we've put one million in retiree health expenses in the budget, which is sort of your pay-go component for the current retirees for the stipend, and 1.4 million for your OPEB tr trust. So that's 2.4 million versus 3.75. So that's your delta. And yes, again, you could recalculate it six months from now and it, it, you know with the medical cost of inflation and the way things change the numbers could come out different but that's the most recent calculation that we had which was completed last fall for for the fy 22 ACFR. if i could bring up miss white to speak a little bit more too because i do believe it's under the director of finance to to define that level Good afternoon, Sheila White, Director of Finance. 
Um, the actuaries uh, with USI recommended that we have the study updated annually based on the changes that we've made, knowing that we fund 100% of the cost out of pocket from our health care fund for those retiree benefits. The 1.4 million is, I'm sorry, the 2.4 million is in addition to that, which helps us meet our funded status sooner. So they recommended not changing that because we're actually on pace to meet that obligation sooner rather than later in their study. So they've recommended we continue to update annually to see where we are with our funding. So, <clears throat> I mean, what I'm hearing is we're going to do this update of the ADC, but it's not going to happen until after this budget process is over. Um, so while there might be an adjustment next year, I um, would like to follow the advice of Mr. Lassiter and um, fund it with the additional 1.1. Um, and as a member of the audit committee, just uh, I'm also glad that the everything came forward about OPEB. We have a better understanding of um, our liability and everything, but I'd just like to uh, continue with this, this amendment. I think there's an important distinction, and Sheila, just make sure we're right um, on this. Uh, as Lou, if as Lou has described it at uh, 3.5, 3.7 as the level to get to, we're putting 2.4 million in for the um, OPEB trust and 1 million to cover the pay-as-you-go, et cetera. So that's already a million difference between what you're you're suggesting there, Lou. And Mr. Lassiter, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask that you would come to the microphone, sir, so we can have that into the record. Mr. May, you're more than welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we were putting $1.4 million in the OPEB trust and $1 million in, in the PAYGO for a total of $2.4, not $2.4 million in the OPEB trust. But I'd also um, say that we're paying the retirees' claims from the health care account. So those are already paid. So with that additional funding, we're well ahead of schedule in terms of getting to a fully funded status. And that is why the actuaries are, re are recommending that we come back annually to see what our status is. We are able to go two years on the same study, but they're saying come back annually, take a look at it again. You've made these changes. We had a half year end last year. We'll have a full year in. We'll see what the participation looks like. We'll see. We'll learn more with this new study than we did with last year's. And that'll be done as part of our annual audit. So would say we've seen dramatic changes in the numbers of retirees in the health care plans that are captured in the OPEB um, liability. Again, uh, respectfully understand the desire to move forward with the amendment. I think administration's position is that uh, we would not recommend allocating limited resources to uh, this, this line item um, until we've done the additional analysis and actuarial study. These changes are just hitting as far as our accounting of our OPEB liability and needs for future. Um, we've had tremendous change. Uh, we don't think we're at the, the place today where we would recommend increasing the funding from the 2.4. Um, 
And that and that's administration's position. Thank you, Ms. Saunders. Ms. Holmes? And Mr. Lasser, thank you as well. So at this time, I would bring up Mr. Um, Robert Bob from the Robert Group and uh, representing Accenture as well. Um, you've already, um, I guess, accepted via consensus, so to speak, the places where, um, I'm just going to go back and show you, um, where the administration has said, yes, we can fund this amendment. So where there is green on your um, slides, the 150 for the funding for substance abuse, the 30,000 for the Richmond Night Market, the council city, city council offices enhancements, 1.1 million, um, the division of neighborhood support at 300,000, unless there's some concern there, and then the increase to the senior tax relief at 384,000. Those are the places where um, the administration has said we will include that in the budget um, and has identified some of the funding. There is a delta, um, but we won't balance that today. What we need from you today is to understand exactly, um, not exactly, but the direction you want to go with the ones that they said that they had alternatives or would not recommend moving forward with. And so to help with that discussion, um, Mr. Bob is here to walk us through um, and get your um, thoughts about the ones that had not been funded and or had alternatives. Some of them you've already addressed, um, the majority of them you've already addressed, but there are a few that could require additional conversation on how we move forward and then finding additional funds to be able to provide that. That being said, Mr. Bob, can you come join me at the mic? Good afternoon, members of the City Council. Uh, for the last uh, <clears throat> last week and again this week and- Please state your name for the record. Oh, I'm sorry? Oh, my name is Robert Bob, B-O-B-B. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon again, uh, members of City Council. For the last uh, several weeks, we've been meeting with the uh, City Administration and also with Council staff. Uh, reviewing the various uh, amendments to the uh, to next year's fiscal budget uh, by the city. And I don't have a whole lot to report other than to say that uh, in working with the, uh, with the city administration and the staff of the city council that we've come a long way from where uh, the process started. And I think uh, what you'll find is that there are very few additional areas upon which some additional analysis will have to be uh, conducted. Uh, one of which is the, uh, the issue that Council Member uh, Newbill has uh, in her amendment. Uh, some additional work will be done on that one uh, this week. Uh, we expect to meet with the, uh, with the city's uh, financial advisors and others to uh, see if we can come to some resolution uh, with respect to uh, the issue around whether or not there is an additional um, pension increase for our pensioners uh, and what that would look like in the city. Uh, there are some uh, capital improvement, many capital improvement projects which has already been evaluated 
uh, to a very large extent by the uh, by the city administration, and they're moving forward, and they have some options and some recommendations with respect to some of the capital improvement programs uh, that have been uh, recommended uh, by various members of city council. I will lead this in, in stating that uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, the city administration and the city council staff will have balanced uh, a budget for your future recommendation uh, in the next several weeks based on the amendments that the city council has proposed and those amendments in which the city administration worked with you all on. Uh, and uh, from my perspective, there are just really only maybe one or two major issues. Uh, one is, again, is the pension issues, maybe some smaller issues uh, with regard to some of the uh, council amendments. And I think you just had a really great conversation with regard to the uh, post-employment, uh, the OPEC funding. That is a big issue uh, in every jurisdiction, in every state, uh, in the nation. Uh, and so I think the administration is moving forward with reducing the overall uh, uh, post-employment pension uh, benefits uh, that, that you all are facing. So Wednesday of this week will be a good, will be, a, you know, one of the, what I would always say in local government during the budget process is when, you know, the hard knuckle battles starts and begins and ends uh, in the next several weeks when the final budget is recommended to the city council. I do know that there may be some other outline issues. Uh, I know in, in Mr. Uh, Trammell's district, there are some issues on the capital side which still needs to be uh, discussed uh, internally, and those discussions will take place uh, this week as well. So look forward to uh, bringing you a budget, uh, Mr. President and City Council, that you all can be proud of. But at the end of the day, once the budget is adopted, the execution of the budget is what is significantly more important than the process itself that you've already gone through. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bob. Uh, Ms. Lambert? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair, and thank you, Mr. Bob, for that um, explanation. Um, I just wanted to ask about the VRS, um, and I apologize for not being here for the discussion with um, Councilman um, Newbill's amendment dealing with the uh, retirees bonus. Um, can you help me understand how we have a retirement system, RIS, and that's a payment that we're going to have to pay till whenever that ends? VRS, I'm being told that we're trying to transition over to VRS. Can you have a, a, a separate meeting with me just to explain to me why do we need to go to VRS, a whole new retirement system, as a whole nother price tag in addition to what we've already are paying? So I, I just don't understand why we're going to a system where we can kind of emulate the system with what we have currently. Um, this is just a 50 million plus price tag that we as a city have to pay for. Um, so I'm not sure if that came up in discussion, but when it comes to the budget and we look at this, I just don't see us going to a whole new retirement system 
and using the explanation that people are not coming here to the city of Richmond to work because of our retirement system. Um, so maybe this can be a discussion offhand, doesn't have to happen today, but I definitely want you just to kind of explain to me why we would be moving in that direction, adding that price tag on um, in the future. I can't tell you why the city is making that choice, but I can say that uh, in our work in a number in maybe two other jurisdictions in Virginia, uh, one Virginia, one, one municipality, much like the city of Richmond, has its own retirement system. Uh, the other jurisdictions are members of uh, the Virginia retirement system. And what we have found in our work is that it has been very difficult to recruit uh, because, <clears throat> particularly in Virginia, because many employees most the number of cities with the types of skills that let's say richmond has or even uh petersburg when we were there uh where you're recruiting someone and they're they're in the vrs system and they it's difficult for them to give up the system that they're in to come into another another system so i can speak it from a recruitment standpoint but it is there is a cost to migrate from your current system to a much larger and much more robust uh, system that independent jurisdictions currently have. But it does require some analysis, and I think that's what they, I know that's what the administration is working on in the analysis, so that you'll be able to see the pros, the cons, the costs, et cetera. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I wanted to make sure we are looking at the pros and the cons, because feasible, feasible it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me in that regard. And also, citizens, we have a really good bonus. I mean, we really have a good benefits here with the city of Richmond. So if we go to a new system, a lot of those benefits that we currently have will be, do, be done away with. So I just wanted to hear from you and your perspective on that, because I haven't gotten much information in regards to why are we going to a new system how is that beneficial, and how is that going to impact us fiscally in the future? So thank you. Thank you. Ms. Holmes. So I'll take us through this really quickly. So for the Assistant Recreation Supervisor, Ann Hardy, would you like more information? Are you good with the response that administration provided? I'm looking at you, Ms. Robertson. I'm just confirming. I'm sorry. That's probably because I don't have my glasses on. Now I can see better. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry. What was your question? For your three items listed on the screen, I'm going to move it to three items, right? The Assistant Recreation Supervisor, the MLK Life Coach Program, and the Equity Request for Funding. You mentioned that you were okay with moving forward with the administration's um, proposed uh, response. Is that correct? Are you still in that space? No, my, I, I'm sorry. I may have misunderstood. It's perfectly, I may not have been clear. Um, I did have a very brief meeting uh, mm -hmm. with the administration, Mr. Bob, just before coming in the chamber. Um, 
I have been advised that the position that is requested for in Hardy is in progress. Um, I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm willing to be satisfied with what that actually means and being able to see where that is um, in the budget. Uh, because my understanding is from the administration that it's in the budget. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think for the benefit of what we're looking at, you know, when we show a zero for the amendment, uh, it would be better to be able to identify that it's, it's, that, that, the, that it's actually included in the budget. Um, mm -hmm. The explanation I've gotten from the MLK is one that there will be an inclusion of the 250 in the budget in the children family fund line item. Um, and we have agreed that we will assess the pilot and make a decision as to how we move forward from that position. Okay. Uh, the, the, Equity request for funding for, which is the Annie Giles Center, really, that has, that has not been resolved. And we have said we were going to get back together with some more information between the administration and by Wednesday to clarify that. Thank um, you for that. So is that clear? That is very clear. Thank we you. know how to move forward. All right. Thank you. For the next would be the Calhoun Center content creation lab. Ms. Lambert, you're good. Are you good with what was provided? Thank you. Ms. Jordan, grants manager position, are you okay with what was provided or do you need additional information? Ms. Jordan. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I think with all of these, I would prefer to see what, in the next iteration of these documents, the written response, where the money is coming from, the things that were, you know, discussed and committed to in the conversation, such as, you know, co-reporting out to the Office of Sustainability. But once that is written in there so there's no, you know, confusion later on, yes. Thank you. We know, Dr. Neuville, where you stand with the 5%, but feel free through the president. Yes, uh, Dr. President Jones, um, I don't have anything additional. There will be a meeting um, prior to our meeting on Wednesday, and then a, I'll come forward with a recommendation based on that with the uh, financial advisors, Mr. Saunders, Mr. Bob, and so I'm, I'm satisfied with having that meeting and that informing the amendment mm -hmm. that comes back relative to this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then finally is the OPEB discussion that we just spent some time with, and it sounded like Ms. Vice President and I, you are looking for the $1.1 million. Um, <clears throat> yes, and it, it might be helpful for, because this is kind of a technical issue, um, just to get some more detailed information from Mr. Lassiter, as well as the information that the administration's providing so council members can just see everything. Um, but Mr. Lassiter had brought this recommendation to myself and President Jones, and so we 
um, brought forward the amendment to be compliant with with the audit committee, the, the work there, as well as our policy. So I'm going to look back to administration. Are we clear of what our next steps are? Do we need? Come on. Please join me. Thank you. Um, so uh, to rephrase the request is that uh, administration puts together some information, more written response on our recommendation regarding this amendment. Um, we can certainly have a discussion with Mr. Lasseter as well, see if we can get to consensus um, on that. So with that information, that closes out the general fund priority amendments. Um, we will be looking to try to work with the administration so that we can present what the balanced budget would potentially look like in next week or next week in Wednesday's um, presentations. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to present balance in the general fund. So now we're moving on to capital improvement program. And so this one requires um, some discussions. Um, the actual, um, one of the plans for today was to do a presentation on the um, complete streets because many of the items indicate that it's included in complete streets. I think we mentioned this to you on more than one occasion. Um, however, given timing, right, we're going to go through each of them. And my understanding is that the administration has a PowerPoint that they can provide you um, via email as well as an indication of the streets, please, can street. I can say this, complete streets plan indicating where um, your items are listed and prioritized there. So with that being said, this is an opportunity again for administration to come back and let you know their latest responses um, with regards to your items that you represented. They were priorities and you represented many of them as amendments. Um, I think for wanting that information about where, did, where do your priorities sit within these plans, that and parks. So that being said, um, again, you had 23. Um, one was previous and new. It had a combination. Five of them were new priorities. The majority of them, 17, were previously established by you. Um, you may have brought them back in some configuration. At this point, I think it's important just for the interest of time for me not to tell you what's in them, right, is for Lincoln and, and his team to come forward and tell you what their responses are, why they are proposing that there's no additional amounts included, um, and where they see it in the process of the work that they're currently doing. So with that said, I'm going to kick it to Lincoln. Lincoln, they are in order of um, alignment with the shared priorities. Um, so it'll be strong futures for families, and then it'll go to plan growth, responsive, so on and so forth. So with that being said, I'm going to bring you, um, unless you have a different idea. idea. I'm going to forego the public works presentation to start and just jump in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I think we're... Okay. So you can... All right. So... Um, again, Lincoln Saunders for the administration. Uh, we do have some additional information from Public Works. I was going to leave with that, but I actually think we're going to be more productive if we just dive in. Um, uh, not because it's not great information, but because uh, a lot of it has more to do with a lot of the um, street improvements, et cetera, that um, 
support a lot of the capital improvement program um, priorities that have been identified, uh, but I just think I'm going to be able to kind of get to the point here. Um, when we reviewed the, is it 20 plus CIP amendments that were submitted um, a week or so ago, uh, our, our analysis shows that the overwhelming majority of them, I think more than 75 percent, are, are actually captured in our proposed FY24 budget. Um, we need to make sure council uh, is informed and understands how they're funded, how they're supported, either within existing projects, existing line items, or uh, in some of the cases, these are multi-phase projects where we may be uh, in, in process of starting and initiating them, um, but it, it not, might not necessarily be a full uh, completion in FY24. Um, uh, appreciate the, the breakdown in, um, based on the council priorities areas. Uh, some of that, I hope that this will kind of flow how I need it to. Um, I know Councilmember Lynch isn't here, uh, and she and I were um, struggling to get connected last week. Um, she's on. Okay, it's great. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, uh, we have been working through a number of parks priorities uh, within the 5th District. Um, the Grayland Top Lot uh, is being funded in the current fiscal year with parks maintenance funds, and our proposed um, $7 million for parks improvements includes a significant line item uh, or significant anticipated funding for implementing the Fonicello uh, Park Master Plan that has been developed in collaboration with uh, the community. Um, Riverview Playground uh, is not one that has been as much um, on our radar, uh, not from parks perspective, but from a, a, a CIP line item perspective. Um, I've talked with uh, Director Frelke. What administration would really like to suggest is that um, the parks improvements that we've outlined in the the seven million uh, in, in parks improvements are ones that we are we are more or less ready to go. We, we're going to need some some community engagement alongside of it, but in large part are ready to go. At the same time, we are also um, ready to embark on the parks master plan. Uh, that master plan will enable us to prioritize and establish what our um, what our you know first, second, and third goals and priorities are, either by um, citywide or, or by district, um, to close any access gaps and create you know the sort of uh, strong, supported uh, parks environments and playgrounds that we know our community um, needs. So as we work to implement the. Um, $7 million in parks improvements, uh, other Im improvements that are in process during the current fiscal year. Um, we will absolutely keep Riverview uh, top of mind and, and front and center, particularly in the planning process. Um, but, you know, as we talk more about the capital budget, um, there's a lot less wiggle room in the capital budget, um, just being, being blunt. The, uh, our, we are maxed out at debt capacity with the funds that are in there, 217.5 million of which going to new schools or um, schools construction and maintenance. Um, and every dollar we propose adding is going to require a, a parallel deduction. Um, and with the 7 million in improvements, et cetera, um, we would recommend that we keep this one top of mind, but, but not move forward with an amendment at this time. Um, 
Broad Street Corridor, moving down the list, or, you know, Mr. President, I don't know if you want to stop at each each one, but keep going. If, if the patron of each would like to opine, I think that is, actually I know that is, if, um, and, and I appreciate you saying that, Ms. Saunders, if the uh, patron of the amendment wishes to uh, ask questions following the explanation, I think that would be uh, a proper path to embark upon. So, Councillor Lynch, if you are, uh, if, Okay, but still, still remains the same. Uh, but Mr. Saunders, you can just move to the next one, knowing that if the patron wishes to speak, address, or ask questions, that they'll be given the opportunity to. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, the circulation wayfinding and uh, mobility study for Broad Street Corridor, um, I believe, I'm going to just try and make sure uh, I'm aligned on my, my list here. Uh, we are... We are uh, presenting that we believe this work uh, can be completed um, with our complete street funding um, pool in the FY24 budget. So again, not necessi necessitating additional funding or a specific line item, but that we believe that the um, goals of this amendment can be addressed. Mr. Thank you, President Jones. Just to read in some more narrative to what this um, amendment was trying to address so that we're aligned when the work happens. You know, with the BRT, with increased development, TOD1 along Broad Street, the neighborhoods sort of north and south have seen increased traffic and different traffic flows. So the intent of this work is to help, um, you know, make sure that the current um, traffic infrastructure we have is, you know, the lights are timed correctly, the stop signs are where they're most needed, one-way streets are still relevant. And then additionally, you just have people frustrated trying to get places that they can't get to and trying to help with some additional signage so that folks know, oh, you're trying to go downtown for First Fridays. These are where the parking lots are. This is how you get to Broad Street. This is how you get back onto I-95. So just trying to um, you know, both from a tourism standpoint of making people feel confident that they know where they're going when they come into the downtown area, but then also that they're traveling in a way that's safe and, you know, highly visible so that our neighborhoods that they're traversing through feel, um, you know, a little bit more protected. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Madam Robertson. Um, I'd just like to follow up a little bit on that. Um, the transfer station with uh, uh, Greater Richmond uh, transfers, uh, the bus station, the central hub station in downtown, um, Part of the circulation issues that we are facing is still connected to the fact that we do not have a transfer center there. And also the challenge as it relates to it being still temporary and nothing permanent. And so routes and arteries in downtown are still being compromised because of that. And um, in a recent meeting that we had, 
according to the RFP that was put out for the central business, the central city, uh, there's some conflict as it relates to the language in regards to that transfer station that contributes to a lot of um, my colleague is mentioning as it relates to traffic patterns. And based on that RFP, I, I, we really need to go back and visit that as well, uh, if we can, before Wednesday, so that we can have a better conversation about what's going on with that transfer station and how it's impacting those artery and circulations in downtown. Thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. President, and for the comments. Um, Wickham Court, uh, Recreation and Sports Park, uh, our proposed, the, the proposed seven million in parks improvements would include um, this funding amount and more for the Wickham uh, Court uh, Rec and Sports Park. We, we in our um, estimation of the, you know, how we're proposing to break down the seven million in parks improvements, um, 650,000 is anticipated uh, for the investment in, um, in Wickham Court to address uh, many of the, the desires and plans that we have discussed in past meetings about the, the potential this space has uh, to serve as a, um, you know, a community asset for the Wickham community. Mr. Chair. Um, thank you. Uh, so we had some work done uh, with some planners and the community and so forth and did a cost estimate, which was a roughly $1.2 million, something like that. Um, and what, what I've experienced historically, if we don't fully fund based on the cost estimates, and you know cost estimates don't usually go down, they usually go up. Um, when we don't full, fully fund that, and we are, we're ready to go. I mean, we've looked at conceptual design, it's gone through urban design, it's been presented to the Planning Commission, it's got some you know, internal stages of going back uh, to the uh, urban design for some final design concepts, but have gone through the Planning Commission. And what my experience has been when we don't fully fund, the development don't move forward because the, the comeback is we don't have enough money in the budget to complete the development, so we, we can't start until we at least have the budget amount that is necessary to get it done. And so what I, my experience has been when we put less than as is suggested here, we won't move forward with putting out an RFP because we don't have adequate funds in the budget to be able to make that happen. So um, I'm asking for the amendment to bring it up to what the, what the project costs. If I could, I'll defer to, um, I believe Chris Frelke is on the teams, if he could be um, able to...
Good afternoon, everyone. Sorry for the delay on that. Um, Councilor Robson, you are right that in a lot of projects we need full funding to get it to go forward. However, on this one, there are multiple different aspects, so we're going to try to phase it in, with the priority being the playground and the basketball court. We do feel like with this dollar amount and potential funding from an outside source that we will be able to at least do those two pieces of this project and look through and come back either through grant dollars or other uh, funding in future years to do the other phases of it. Mr. Chair. Yes, ma'am. We tore down a school in this neighborhood. This is a public housing community and one of the highest academic achieving schools in the city of Richmond at the time was Wickham Elementary School, even better than elementary schools in the far west end. We tore that down with the promise of what we were going to do for this community. We have lots of kids living in our public housing community that has very, very little, you know. And um, I think it's, it's time that we put some priority on putting together a full plan and not continue to promise that we're going to do one little piece here, one little piece there. Uh, we're only talking probably less than 500 or close to 500 that what I'm putting in this amendment for this development. Let's do something and finish it. Let's not keep promising one, you know, spoon feeding uh, neighborhoods that we are concerned about, uh, a lot of other challenges that we face. You know, uh, I really would like to see this, this amendment funded, uh, Mr. Chair, in full with the intention of us completing this development. There's no easy answer or response to that. We have seven million in parks improvements. We could reprioritize within that list, if that's the will of council. Uh, other capital investments, uh, schools, Fire trucks, police cars, and dump trucks, solid waste trucks. Um, fire station, police station, police precinct. Um, and, and we would have to balance within that. Um, so respectfully, I, I understand. We're, I think we're making a significant step. I think we, can, we would love to look at continuing our, our trajectory when it comes to parks improvements. And... Um, and, and, and 20, Mr. Clerk. 20 years of asking for a million dollars is 20 years. It's just time. Do you want me to move to the next one? Yeah, just move to the next one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and if, if there are times in which there's an impasse or uh, a counselor is is willing to hold, serve on a particular request, now's not the time to necessarily go back and forth about it, but to hear one side, hear from the other, and then um, council staff, administration, we've got to figure out where the funds are going to come from and continue that part of the budget process. But um, Mr. Saunders, I think, one, this is going uh, extremely well, in my opinion. Um, in that you are hearing from uh, council, so council feels heard, 
which I believe is the first, uh, the first part of this process that everyone feels heard. Then we've seen communication back and forth, mm-hmm. even up until this point, uh, which is important as well. Not that everyone is going to be, every exact amendment is going to be uh, amenable to everybody, agreeable to everybody, but uh, I just want to thank everyone for where we are at this point. So if we could move on to the next one. Ms. Trammell, did you, you, you I, I saw your hand up. Did you want to say something at this point or? Um, I just hope that we're good, that I can be able to talk about why my two things was denied when I'm like, uh, my colleague, I've been asking over and over and over, especially when I've had people get hit on on Walmsley Boulevard and the speeding and all that, and I see Ned zero zero. So I, I I'll, I'll, I'll get help provide more. Well, if you want to talk to me later, we can do that. We'll do, we'll do that. I'm sorry. We'll have information in this session, and and I can certainly talk with you further after. Thank you, Lincoln. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Trim. Ms. Saunders. Um, before I move on, I will just say. Um, it, again, we may say administration included amount zero. It may mean we're not suggesting we have to adjust the budget to accomplish it versus um, a place where we might say we would, you know, we would not accomplish it in the time. But I'll come to that when I get to Walmsley and the locations. Um, the next request was funding for water safety equipment. Um, this, I believe, is uh, um, I believe it's called a creature craft that the fire department and uh, members of the community have been discussing. Uh, I have a, I've spoken with Chief Carter. Chief Carter is going to move forward with purchasing uh, that piece of equipment with operating dollars in the next fiscal year. He doesn't have the operating dollars now, I've asked, um, but in the next fiscal year, he's going to dedicate the operating dollars needed to achieve this request. So a commitment from us to, 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 fund, to purchase it um, and, and move forward from there. Uh, the next one is the Westover uh, Hills, Westover Park Improvements. Um, of the seven million parks improvements, um, we are proposing that 750,000 is dedicated to the implementation of the plan for Westover Park. Um, we're concluding exterior improvements, um, trails in the area, parking, um, bathroom, uh, and we'll continue to do outreach to the community on that prioritization. So, um, I, I believe it sh- that that 750 should meet the requests of some of these improvements, um, but that's, that would be my, my question. Um, President Jones. Thank you. So um, first, let me say I'm very excited that there was money dedicated to the park. Um, I've been confused until late last week about what it was dedicated to. So my understanding is it's dedicated to all outside improvements and no improvements to the community center. Um, in this case, uh, let me just defer to Chris first. Um, I'll let him give the most up-to-date info if, if Mr. Frelke okay. could weigh in. All right. Can I ask part two because mm-hmm. it's related? Um, so assuming that is the case, that it's for outdoor, because there are outdoor bathrooms too. Mm-hmm. So even though this says bathrooms, I'm assuming it's the that park behind the school, not the playground adjacent to the school. It's Westover Park. Yeah, and that's what it says here. So it's not like Westover Hills Elementary School Park, um, just to dif- differentiate. And last year or the year before, in our CIP budget, 
you all set up something where we were going to be on this rotation for renovating community centers. Are you talking to the planning fund? I'm not talking about. I know what she's talking about. And you had a, a list, and it wasn't it wasn't in pen. It was in paper, pencil. Um, but I know that Westover was some, and that was community center. Like, hey, we're going to invest. I think it was a million annually into this to make community center improvements. So is that something we're still funding? And if so, where are we in the renovations with community centers? Um, especially if this is only for outdoors. And if it's for outdoors, that's great. I'm super excited about it. Um, but the indoor, as I've mentioned many, many, many times, also needs a lot of work. Thank you. Good afternoon, uh, Council Chris Brokey, Director of Parks and Recreation and Community Facilities. Um, and I think you know the CEO has really done a great job articulating. There's a lot of desire and need, um, and so we're trying to figure out most of our shovel-ready projects that we can get done and get done as quickly as possible, since there's such a high-level need for all these that we're going through. Um, and it's hard to prioritize because there's such a lot of different needs and desires. And it's exciting that our community wants so many things for parks and recreation. Um, so we're very excited about these things, and we're looking forward to this kind of funding. And hopefully, in future years, we can continue to do some of these other things. Westover Hills, like several of these, have been wanting to see these improvements for quite a period of time. Um, and so Westover, um, uh, we are looking to do, as you've stated, a lot of the exterior improvements. Um, the outdoor bathrooms on the back end where the courts are are not um, usable. And so this is something that um, we need to sort of upgrade or go back to the community and help them rank and prioritize what they'd like to see, whether it's the bathroom, trail network, courts, all these different pieces. Um, and so those are the things that um, we'll be doing on that. As for your question about the uh, building, there were uh, dollars for community center enhancements. Uh, that was funded in 20. 19 and 2020, I believe. Uh, so it's probably uh, budget budget year 2020 and 2021. Um, we are making improvements to Paltan, uh, and that should be done now. And we hope to have Hotchkiss, which was second in the queue from that. That funding was not reinstated in future years. I know we had a lot of challenges with the capital budget in the last few years, so we're very excited to see uh, this type of funding back. Um, also, though, um, Councillor and I, I would love to uh, give you a tour of some of the improvements we've made since last year in the building. Um, it is not the huge expansion that we'd like, but we've done some improvements if you haven't been in the last three months into the building. Um, but we there's still some areas for growth, but there's been some significant attention that our internal staff have been able to do uh, in that building. So those are some of the things that we are working on. Um, hopefully that addressed your question, but I'm happy to ask if I did not provide enough detail. Um, no, that, that's fine. Thank you. And... Um, Yes, I'll definitely take you up on coming down and, and seeing what's been done at the community center there. And I um, I think it would be helpful just to have an update on, okay, we funded the community center enhancements fund in 2019 and 2020. And when we started it, you know, this was led 
by the administration. My impression was we were going to fund it annually because there were so many needs in our community centers and just keep it going so that we're constantly improving them. So I'd be interested to see a list of what community centers have been improved. Is there any money left in that budget? You know, what needs are outstanding? Um, but going back to this amendment, I mean, I'm fine to withdraw it. I did need some clarification on what was being done. Um, but one other follow-up from what you were talking about earlier. So with this parks master plan, what is the timing of that? That was money we took out of ARPA, correct? Correct. Um, I believe Chris can, can give you that update. Uh, I got an update on it last week, so I'll, I'll let him speak to it. He'll have the specifics. We are very excited um, that it is out to bid right now. We hope for it to close in the next uh, five days. So um, it's supposed to close, I believe, at the end of this week or early next week, um, so the middle of this month. And then we'll start looking at all the proposals. We do know from the pre-bid meeting that we had a robust interest in this, um, and so that is very exciting for us. And then we will start the process uh, of selecting a vendor. Once the vendor has been selected and procurement has issued the necessary documents, uh, the process can last between 12 to 18 months. Uh, so it will still it will take some time, but we, we really want to do a robust community engagement process, which means coming to your district meetings, which means going door to door to get people to fill out, uh, especially in neighborhoods that we know surveys are not the most ideal way to communicate because uh, we want to get every Richmonder to participate and have the same kind of engagement we had in the Richmond 300 um, and keep that sort of standard for the city. So that's why it will take us a little bit longer because we really put into this uh, process a lot of engagement that needs to happen. Just to clarify, so you said that once the vendor is selected and the process begins, 12 to 18 months until a final master plan is issued? That is what time, we're, time frame we're looking at, yes, that's correct. Okay, okay, so we're probably looking about two years out until we have a parks master we, plan in front of us. I th optimistically, we'd have it next summer, if not, uh, yeah, so we could potentially have it, if, depending on how everything goes through procurement, um, we could have it, you know, in June of next year or maybe fall of next year, just depending how, um, you know, getting all the, the documentation in place and getting the, the vendor selected. Okay. But we've gotten through the hardest part of this, uh, to be quite honest. All right. Thank you. So uh, it looks like no capital improvement projects submitted for the plan growth, uh, economic progress, and affordable housing list. Um, this one uh, is the next one on the list is the Westover Hills Elementary School parking lot review. Um, I will say this is one I think we would be would benefit from having some additional context and understanding of. Um, my 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 first kind of response and question is. Um, can this be included in the Jank Road imp Improvement Project as either an allowable expense or uh, a, a coordinated effort there? Because um, it does seem to connect into the uh, drop-off, et cetera, that, that is connected on that on Jank. And um, it would seem to me that there's probably synergy with that project. But um, I, I don't know that we had 100% clarity into exactly what, we're, what we want to accomplish. 
Thank you. Um, yes, that is exactly what it's tied into. With the extension of the Jank Road project, um, the parking lot at Wester Hills Elementary School is very challenging. And all of the improvements that we are going to be doing in that corridor are fantastic. However, the parking lot's still a mess. So when we spoke to, we had a meeting with the schools, my office, and the traffic engineers. The traffic engineers said, that's not our property, so we're not looking at it. Schools said, we don't have any money to do a study and figure out what to do with the parking lot. And so I am, the, the traffic engineer said, oh, we have this contract you could access. I asked them about how much it would cost to get the engineers to come and look at it. This is the estimate they gave me, and I'm putting in the amendment. Because I do think it's silly to do this $3 million of safety infrastructure in, in front of the schools without looking at the parking lot just because it's under the purview of schools. So um, I think we need a little bit more time to, to work through a, a complete answer on this one. Um, I do think we are challenged to do an analysis of schools' property. Um, but I think we just need to get together with schools folks and, and figure out how to make this connection, et cetera. We do have, um, you know, the $2.5 in, in maintenance funding for RPS in the budget, whether that could cover this and we help facilitate, et cetera. But give us a little bit of, of time on this one. I think the, um, the, the issue of it being schools' property, it just may require some additional steps and conversations. Well, and uh, so... What I really wanted was the money to go to schools so they could do it because I heard loud and clear from the traffic engineers, this isn't our property, we're not going to get involved. But they did say, hey, schools, you could probably piggyback on our contract. Yes. So I don't know how to make it all work, but I would like to see it get done. And I think now is the time to do the study because if it, construction begins in the next, like, six to nine months, that gives us enough time to figure it out and hopefully help fund whatever improvements need to be made, if any, to the parking lot. Okay. Give us a little bit more time to go back, talk to schools, and, and come back. Um, okay. We'd want to make sure that they were committed to doing the study with, if funding is provided, et cetera. Um, the City Council Office Enhancements uh, that was submitted as an amendment, uh, I want to make sure we're, we're clearing this one. Is this the one for the chamber? Okay. Um, so, again, I, I, my understanding is, um, you know, between our, our facilities teams, et cetera, um, we want to make sure that the uh, analysis and improvements are, that we have the budget lined up for it. Um, we have reallocated maintenance dollars in the current fiscal year to support some of the improvements we need to make in the, on the third floor. Um, I think I'd like to take a similar approach uh, to these asks to make sure that we can, uh, my understanding is these amendments are more more tied to the current council chambers um, and, and getting some things improved and upgraded in here. Uh, I would just say we, we will work with you to make it, make it happen um, without needing to necessarily adjust it um, from a facilities and maintenance standpoint. We do, we do want to make sure that our analysis is um, that the estimates we have are, 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 are 
going to be right. We're, we're worried about some remediation that could be required, et cetera. So um, it's possible that we may need more funding, but we'll just need to work through how to make that happen. And, and think, as long as we can uh, involve uh, city clerk and council chief staff just to ensure, because again, there are some challenges in here um, from, <laughs> ranging from cushions on seats to how we utilize technology and things of that nature. But again, if you could just include a conversation before we come back, before you come back for us with city clerk, council chief staff, that'd be great. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. I want to make sure I have the right um, response on this one. There's, a, I think, yeah, there's two amendments relating to whole street. Um, again, we are we are currently working to address many of the concerns related to congestion and speed really on whole street. Um, the CIP includes um, a, a new pedestrian hybrid beacon at 29th Street, uh, additional street, streetscape between Mayo and 9th Street. Um, two repaving projects uh, and a potential um, fifth CIP project paving whole from Warwick to Midlothian. Um, so we, we are working hard to address Whole Street. As many of you know, we have a multi-year funded Whole Street uh, improvement uh, project that I think is going to have overlap with um, the goals of, of this request. I'm just anything else. Um, the Jefferson Davis Parkway um, beautification, drainage, infrastructure, et cetera, um, much of this uh, request has to do with um, expenses that we would consider. Does Ms. Robertson want me to come back to that item? Um, yes, thank you. Bobby. So for the Hall Street, uh, it seems like, you know, Hall Street is indefinite. It just go and go. Um, so if there's a plan from Hall Street, uh, maybe we just need to know what that that plan is and what what is being done, because uh, yeah. it yes, does extend from, from the, I guess from the bridge and just to go to Chesterfield County. Good afternoon, Council Council President Jones. Um, the Hall Street um, corridor project is basically is going to make Hall Street look like Melothian Turnpike from the Chippenham Parkway up um, to the um, CSX overpass. Um, CSX overpass um, just beyond um, Warwick Road, um, basically Southside Plaza. So the portions um, that would be east on Hall Street Road and what the council person is requesting is to have some tree wells um, installed along with um, some banners and things of that nature. And that's something that we are looking at doing uh, with our opera dollar beautification, uh, where we're taking a look at all of the um, gateways throughout the city of Richmond. Um, I believe we've identified um, 17, just under 20 um, different locations, and that Hall Street corridor is one of those locations. So we currently have the funding to be able to, um, to do that, so it doesn't need to be an adjustment um, within the CIP in order to make that happen. So, Mr. Chair, um, I appreciate that. Um, I'm, my amendment was specifically to the part of Hall Street that is in the 6th District, which doesn't 
none of those streets do you mention uh yes ma'am so um <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm glad i asked what the plan is because you know the plan can okay. mean something that you know anyway um I, I, I as you very well know I, we've had so many meetings about people not even i mean the the development in manchester has been the, probably one of the larger growing has already grown as large. We've got other areas that are competing to grow just as large. But Hall Street, we have had so many meetings. Uh, people have lost their properties, valuable properties. People are afraid to even cross the street. Uh, there is a lot of speeding on that street. Um, and so this amendment was specifically to address that area. We've been told previously, and this is the reason why when you guys say give us another year, give us some future funding years, it bothers me because we are consistently, when we're meeting with the residents, we are being told there's no money in the budget. Uh, so when there's no money in the budget, even though we are putting together plans, the plans may not address what the community is in need of. Uh, we passed a resolution not too long ago to do a stop sign on Hall Street which I've been told that even though council has passed it, it's not going to happen. The administration spoke strongly against it. And as Mr. Bob said earlier, this is great to create a budget, but the execution of the budget is what makes a difference. And when, so right now I'm talking about Mayo Bridge, actually I'm talking 14th, which goes into 14th Hall Street, Mayo Bridge, up to at least Commerce, so a farther up to what used to, uh, Route 1, I guess now. Yes, ma'am. And my, my apologies. I was looking at my page from Councilperson Lynch, who had made the recommendation for a streetscape project with regards to. I, I, I know you look nothing like Lynch. I'm, my apologies. <laughs> I was. Uh, uh, <laughs> But um, at, the, at the end of the day, we are looking at doing work um, in that particular portion of Hall Street. Um, one of the holdups on that particular work is the Mayo Bridge project that is coming up. But we are looking at doing some design um, expectations along with the Mayo Bridge project that will impact um, that particular corridor in between Commerce Row and the Mayo Bridge. Um, so we are working with that, and that's something that we can currently do within our complete streets budget. So that $300,000 doesn't need to be separated out. I like some, I like a little bit more detail uh, explanation of that. I'll be more than happy to talk with you all about it. Look forward to it. Thank you. Um, Mr. Mr. Vincent. Yes. I, I think it might be helpful for council to have an update on the street beautification dollars, ARPA dollars, and where they're being invested um, and where we are on specific mm -hmm. projects. I, we, okay. we, can, we can certainly provide that um, either in a budget work session or um, a committee meeting as directed, um, OD perhaps, to, okay. to be able to go through the, through the full list. Um, that does kind of lead into some of the next items related to beautification, Hull Street and Jefferson Davis. Um, and if, if I could just pause for one second. Um, 
So President Jones had to step out. Um, so I'll close out the meeting today. We are scheduled till 3. Does everybody want to push through and finish up what we have in this presentation, or do people have a hard stop at 3? Let's finish. What is the head nod? Push through? Yeah, let's push through. And can, can I just add, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Madam Vice Chair, um, to that report, um, Mr. Saunders, if you all could just make sure all the council districts all those beautification projects, if you all can break it down to council districts, because there are quite a few mural projects that we want done, and we were told that it's coming through some of the ARPA dollars. So if you all can just make sure we know what is actually happening in our districts when it comes to beautification, because we have a lot of graffiti, a lot of things that we want um, beautified, but we just want to make sure where that funding is coming from. So thank you. I just wanted to add that. Okay. So we are going to push through and try and get this done. All right. All right. Keep going. Um, so uh, I'm going to respond, Ms. Trammell, to both of these items kind of collectively. Um, there are aspects, uh, I believe, of what the budget amendment was aiming to uh, ensure happens that um, we believe we, that we will accomplish using operating dollars. There are some things in it that don't necessarily fit the capital budget, but but need to be supported with oper um, general funds. Uh, so for the you know the and then on the beautification front, also the um, the ARPA funds that Miss Lambert just mentioned as well. So uh, I believe we believe I believe we believe we believe we can address these concerns, provide the care package that you've suggested using uh, operating funds. Chris, I'll and back. I'm in a meeting with the, with Lincoln. Using I'm sorry. operating dollars this, this was year. Very important. Understood. Um, using operating dollars uh, without needing to to do an amendment. And again, um, some concerns about the uh, some of the some of the items being not eligible for capital funding. But we can address it with operating. Um, Lincoln, I just want to say that um, I want to thank Bob Sadell and Bobby Vinson and his team for helping us get the supplies for our cleanup that we did in Oak Grove this weekend. We, I guess the person forgot it was the Easter holiday and all that, but we it was very successful. Um, people came out, even people stopped on the street to help us. I couldn't believe, I mean, one guy came out with the weed eater to help us. Wonderful. But all I kept hearing, please, please, get us some trash cans, get us something that people can't walk away with them. Please do something with the Richmond Highway, Jefferson Davis, because it looks horrible. It, we're embarrassed to tell our family members to come down here, so we tell them to take 95. Then they get lost and go all the way to Bells Road. But if there's any way that we can make some beautification over there, some, and make those business people, and that's what I kept hearing at the doors, the business people do not take care of their properties like they did a few years back. If we could make them, because there is laws on the book they have to maintain in front of their business, you know, sweep the you know, trash up, whatever, that would make it better. And like I said, it's, we don't even have a sweeper. Bob Sadell and, and Bobby sent a sweeper out there. I think it was Thursday because I went over and took pictures. And Mr. Rodney Hall sent me some pictures of the sweeper. When we went over there Saturday to do our cleanup, we just picked up all the trash and everything. That was on the spare of the moment. So some cars didn't move out the way, but still we were able to get the leaves up with, you know, picking them up with their gloves and all that and put them in the bags. 
but if we could get another sweeper for Southside, you know, for our area. We used to have that back in the day when they would come down Hall Street, Broad Rock, Jefferson Davis, and clean it. And it made it, and all we would have to do is, like, do a, a spot cleanup with the pickers and pick up the trash. And that made it, and that's when we had the cans before they started walking away or disappearing. So that's, I mean, just, it's the little things that can make it better. Yes, ma'am. If you can please help us with that. I think we can help you with that. Thank yes, you, Lincoln. Thank you. Okay. So, Ms. Trammell, those two items, um, we're, we're going to move forward, and administration will give us that list of where the beautification is happening and status and everything. Okay. All right. So the next one is... Bellmead. I know Ms. Robertson seems to have stepped out. Um, um, I don't know whether to take my moment or not. Let's let's move to the next one, which is East Broad. I tried. <laughs> um, uh, both East Broad and Carrington Street are items that um, uh, we're committing. We can we can support through the um, out current allocations for complete streets and sidewalks. Um, so we believe that the proposed FY24 budget can accomplish these goals. Go ahead, Dr. Newbell. Yes, Vice President Nye. So then the, those three items should be in green, is that correct? Green, yes. Okay. Um, let me make sure I'm, I'm being accurate on the third one, but the two I know are. Green suggests that they are to be addressed through those sources. Correct. Okay. Thank you. The next one. Yeah, please go for it. So the green for Carrington indicated explicitly that there was an estimated 600,000. The other two are not green because it was not explicitly. Well, that's what I'm asking based on Mr. Saunders' comment. It is indicative of the fact that those two additional items would be covered through those dollars. That's why I'm asking if they shouldn't be green. I will let the administration reply. Thank you. I made it green because they said 600. Um, the, the third one is a, a little bit more um, general uh, with, you know, Crosswalk installation across the city. Crosswalk installation is a major priority uh, within the, um, I say crosswalk installation, crosswalk maintenance, et cetera, is a, is a priority within the uh, capital budget. Um, working to identify, yes. But the short answer is we're, we're going to be making a, a number of uh, maintenance and improvements to crosswalks uh, across the city. Um, and we'll continue to look at how we can add additional crosswalk insulation and, and certainly assess it for our school sites primarily. Okay, so let me be clear. So the first item is going to be included. Is that correct? That will be green. Correct. All right. The next one is clear. This one to do with RPS crosswalks in front of schools. Certainly starting my district, but it's not the only place. You're saying what will happen? 
Good afternoon, Council. Bobby Vincent, Director of Public Works. Um, yes, we will be installing um, crosswalks at various locations throughout schools, um, RPS sites. Uh, we began um, just this year, within the 7th uh, alone, going by memory, uh, we were able to take care of Fairfield Elementary as well as Woodville. So that is a program that we will continue to do um, throughout the city. So we didn't need any additional funding to be placed with regards to that. East Broad Street, we're working with Chris Frelke already uh, with regards to that in terms of in, installing a sidewalk on the south side of Broad um, that we just working with city property. And so that's the reason why that one is relatively simple in terms of Shimabazo Park. Um, okay. okay, so if I hear you correctly, all three mm -hmm. of those items are green. Yeah, Carrington, okay. is, Carrington is more yellow. Thank you. Carrington is more yellow, but it'll be green. Um, and the reason being yellow is, is not a color we've been using, Mr. Vincent. So I'm going I'm just, with green. We have, we have some I'm design work to do for, no, for, for Carrington. Thank so you for trying to get that in. Why. Yes, ma'am. Just using green or thank you for all three of those. I gave a new color. Uh -huh. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Vice President Nye. I'm sorry we got a little and, sideways there. No, no. We've been here for two hours, so. Um, Dr. Newbell, did you need clarifications on the RPS where the um, crosswalks are, or are you good? No, I know that certainly Fairfield um, was a priority, and that one it was outreach to me, Woodville, and then this will allow us to address the others and prioritize them. So this is specific to the 7th District, so I'm expecting that we'll review the others prioritize and move forward and then where we need additional funds we'll figure that out as well thank you vice president and i thank you miss trammell thank you um is there any way that all of us can get an update because i know like with the new blackwell playground that's um that's now that we just did the ribbon cutting and there's so many children over there trying to walk across the street as i saw last week when channel 8 was doing an interview over there they just they were running and the cars are going to like 60 to 70 miles an hour up there it's there can we all get like an update on on that because there's the blackwell school right there and then over here is the playground so the children were leaving the schools running over there to play basketball and all and so that, that needs to be looked at. Has there been any, I guess the question is, has there been any citywide analysis of crosswalks by schools, or is it driven more by citizen school slash council requests? Um, good afternoon, Council Bobby Vincent, Director of Public Works. No, it's, not, it's definitely not being driven by council requests or by citizens. It's being driven by um, analysis that we've done for the entire city. Um, and we're taking a look at um, schools, and some we have, in fact, applied for um, state and or federal grants in order to go as far as having pedestrian beacon lights um, installed at some locations. So um, crosswalks is something that we're taking a look at where we're installing them in conjunction with our paving program and or in conjunction with our striping program. So um, a CIP for striping um, is that something that we necessarily need to single out? Is something that we can take care of within our um, current allotment um, of, of complete streets? Bobby. Yes, ma'am. I am so glad you just brought that up because I know that maybe this is something we definitely need to look at with all the new um, parks and playgrounds and things like that coming up, like over there on Ruffin Road where the cars are going. I mean, they put the speed bump, but now the cars are up in the air like that, so they just fly on over the speed bump with speed table. But 
and that's going to be like a $20 million community center over there. So maybe, and it's going to be, it's going to bring in children from everywhere and adults and teenagers and seniors. Is there, there's not a school there per se, but there's apartments over there. This is going to be a community center. Um, is there, how would we go about that to put a crosswalk over there if it's not really like, like with the new playground on Maury Street, mm -hmm. where there's a school all the way over here, well, I think there's some crosswalks, but then when you come over here, this side, to the playground, there's, there's nothing. There's no sign that says, you know, um, slow down or something, because the children, they were run out. They're, they were running out last week over there to the reporters because of the play, you know, the new playground. Yes, ma'am. We, we prioritize speed tables very similar to the way that we do sidewalks. It's based upon um, the density of the neighborhood as well as what types of businesses, whether there's churches or whether there's um, community centers or schools um, located within an area. So it's based upon vehicular um, um, counts, it's based upon pedestrian counts, and it's based upon what's, what else is in that proximity. So um, with regards to the installations of um, crosswalks near playgrounds as well as schools. Um, we're, we're, that's something that we are pursuing as a part of our. Um, and we can all design. get an update on that too, like what Dr. Newbell's asking for. We can get it too. Uh, yes, ma'am. I want to know though what type, and we'll work with what type of update that that's going to be because it's, it's not necessarily this school is going to be done at this particular time because it's coordinated based upon the paving program and the availability of funds and the availability of the actual street to do the work itself. So what we're trying to get away from is doing installations and then it's torn out by economic development or private development. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Okay. Um, the next yeah. two items are Councilwoman Trammels. Items. Okay. Sidewalks on Walmsley, we're going to take care of that. Um, that's a continuation, actually, of a project that we've already began on uh, Walmsley, so we're going to look at closing the gap um, there. Um, I believe that the property has already been spoken to um, with regards to the property owners. Um, the install installation of curb and gutters um, on Cortland Street, that's something that we're going to have to actually work with the Department of Public Utilities on. Um, because oftentimes when sidewalks and curb and gutters are needed to be installed, it's more of a deep infrastructure issue and not just a surface one like the one on Walmsley. Walmsley, we're not having to install piping in order to install the sidewalks, just like the ones that's going to be installed on Broad Street. But in this particular neighborhood here, if we look at curb and gutters, they're going to have to take the place of um, um, drainage ditches in terms of installing piping, which is much more considerable in terms of cost and effort. So we have to work with them in terms of uh, providing a design for that. Bobby, thank you for bringing that up. I know you're coming to our meeting this Thursday, and I know that some of the citizens will be asking you about that. But I'll let them know it's not really, it doesn't fall under public works, it falls under um, utilities with Howard Glenn. And Howard Glenn has spoken to some of the neighbors at the meeting in reference to this. So I think he's already working on that. Excellent. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we work closely together. I'm not going to. I don't want to um, throw Howard out there, but yeah, we work together on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that was those next. I'm not sure what the next page it might be. Okay. Um, I don't know if Councilwoman Robertson is coming back or not. I don't want this to fall between the cracks, but can you just speak quickly about the Bellmead community improvement and then maybe follow up with her? So, Offline, if needed. Yeah. 
We, um, I, I will just share, I mean, the, the, uh, I believe the budget amendment is $1 million for Bellmead improvements, which I think does include a lot of curb and gutter uh, and sidewalks, et cetera. Um, stormwater, I think, is a major concern. The, I, I, I did speak with Mr. Robertson earlier. Um, the, the need for that project is much greater than $1 million. Um, that said, I think what we are going to do is continue, as, as Bobby said, I, I think there's a parallel to how we just discussed Cortland uh, and how we're going to work with DPU. Um, I did ask her for some time between now and Wednesday just to uh, review our plans for Bellmead and, and make sure I have a good understanding of what um, our path forward is there. So, talking about you. Um, Mr. Robertson, I just briefly shared that um, we had a discussion about Bellmead, talked about the scale of the need, um, but that I was going to meet with my team this over the next day or two and, and report back to you before Wednesday's work session. Understood. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Okay. All right. All right. So the next three are for Councilwoman Lynch. Is she still on? No, she dropped. Okay. Okay. So let's I'll go, go briefly. I'll yeah, let's go through them briefly, and then um, it would be great if we could just make sure that there's follow-up, whether it's you or Council Chief of Staff or a combination okay. of those we um, we will follow up um, there is uh, the first two projects on the list are actually being completed uh, in in FY 2023 um, so the the creek protection and repair as well as the issues related to the the lower restroom um, are being addressed in with current fiscal year dollars um, I do believe that the repairs to Dooley Creek are going to result in significant trail repaving and improvements once the re creek restoration is complete. Um, the, uh, the need, I think, for further pedestrian trail um, improvements would be something we would recommend um, analyzing after we get completed with these first two projects and then seeing what remaining uh, gaps there are. Um, I did a tour of Maymont not many months ago. Um, you know, the, the area around the, the Dooley Creek, I think, has washed out, which ends up um, obviously eroding the, the walking trail and, and causing challenges for ADA access. We have to get the repair fixed before, you know, otherwise if we just resurface it, it's just going to wash out and, and cave in again. So um, would recommend we, again, continue down our work with Maymont in collaboration, get some of these improvements made. Uh, in this fiscal year and then see what remains as far as additional needs for uh, trail safety. Okay. All right. So it seems like the top two could be a green. I'm not sure yeah. I'm understanding the color coding, but it seems like they're already funded. Okay. And then that third one is pending. Um, All right. The next one is Councilwoman Jordan. Yes, I think this one uh, is going to require some future uh, conversations. Um, some of our concerns with this item are that we, we can't use GEO bonds uh, for this program. Um, I do think we also have um, some limitations on what we can use DPU funding for in, in this space. Um, but we will uh, continue to work with. Um, I know we have been working to provide um, assistance for uh, our customers. I don't think that's exactly the same type of assistance as what, you're, what the council member is looking for as far as 
um, the city funding energy conversions uh, within households. Um, that may or may not be something that we, we can provide um, either deep utility funds or um, capital funds for. Thank you. Yes, so just I think we put this in this category because we were drawing from the 500,000 new business that was listed in this category. And maybe we read the documents incorrectly. But, um, you know, the goal here is to help residents with home weatherization as well as conversion to uh, more energy efficient and electric appliances. And this program already exists, um, I guess, by ordinance for the director to to use, and we would like to see some money put towards it. Um, I am curious, and I don't know if this is something Jason May can speak to, but where are we on the $4.2 million that we put in ARPA for rehabilitating under the healthy homes category? Because that's also a similar type program. But the goal here is to help our, cons our residents who are struggling with their utility bills. Um, I believe on the healthy homes, mm -hmm. um, one, you know, we've been working with, particularly Project Homes, right. making an award there for them to do the, the sort of rehab and mm -hmm. um, weatherization work to improve both energy efficiency as well as safety within the home. Um, Jason, do you have any additional update on that? We're, we're bringing the update next month for ARPA. We'll have the update numbers. Do we, do we know, can you just outline what we know has been awarded? I don't have that. Okay. I'll have to get you, get you more specifics on that. I want to make sure we are trying to remember whether I can say it's been awarded or not in that space because we have uh, in that 4.2 million, it, it's a couple different buckets um, of how those funds are, are intended. And so I want to make sure we have the alignment, but we've been working, I believe, primarily with um, Project Homes to, to move those funds to them. Okay, well, I know that we have a lot of other online items to get through, so I look forward to continuing the conversation in between this meeting and the next work session. Thank you. Um, the DPU decarbonization master plan certainly connected in its um, goals and objectives. Um, we are proposing that we would uh, support, we, we will accomplish a decarbonization plan um, within our Office of Sustainability um, with existing funding. Uh, we've hired a new energy manager mm -hmm. uh, to work for the Office of Sustainability. Um, we think uh, we, will, we will task that individual with the director to um, outline a path forward for us to um, move forward with a decarbonization plan. Okay, so, but does this, are you committing to $10,000 to procure a master plan or, you know, planning services, study services by a consultant, or are you saying that the existing staff will have to do this work? Well, I believe that it will have to be, it could be a combination of both. Um, mm -hmm. We've got to outline a path forward. Um, again, we have hired an energy manager to help with the visioning of how we build towards a more sustainable energy system within the city. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be, you know, it would seem important to make sure that individual was, was at the very least the project manager and lead alongside the director to move this forward and we would look at whatever additional consulting services they request to, to move it forward. Okay, so there will be a line item somewhere within DPU for $200,000 for yeah. consulting services. Not, nothing within DPU, uh, Office of Sustainability. Okay, so there will be an additional $200,000 allocated to the Office of Sustainability for 
decarbonization study consultant? Uh, I don't believe we've identified that we need additional funding to move forward with the decarbonization mm -hmm. plan. This is very consistent with, uh, I think it's about, it's, it's consistent with the direction of the Office of Sustainability. Um, and, you know, it, again, uh, between now and Wednesday, um, I will identify if we do think we need additional funding to be able to commit that we will move forward and be able to complete a master plan for decarbonization within the Office of Sustainability. Okay. We'll continue the conversation. Thank you. The Bird Park ADA accessibility was listed at a uh, budget amendment of 250000 um, We believe that, you know, to, to fully address our ADA issues within Bird Park, it's a project of more than $1 million. Um, uh, based on our estimates, um, we would like to work with the council member and, and design a path forward, but um, 250000 is is probably not sufficient to, to meet the objectives outlined in this amendment. We obviously, uh, in, in, a, in our complete streets funding and projects, ADA access and ramps is a major priority. Uh, I think we need to make sure that if we need to um, prioritize certain areas within Bird Park to make sure we have the ADA access. We have absolutely um, the opportunity to do that, it, but to do a complete ADA accessibility um, project would, would just require more funding than identified. Okay. I'm happy to have follow-up conversations with the council member about that. Yeah, I think that would be helpful because I think there are so, it, some specific needs and requests from the community. Mm -hmm. So um, I think they're looking to hone in on some target areas. Understood. Okay. Um, Jefferson Avenue corridor improvement. Uh, this one, I believe, has four phases um, or four areas to be addressed. I believe the director was able to get some additional information to uh, the council member pri prior to this meeting. Um, would just suggest that... Um, make sure she has an opportunity to review that and see if it's uh, satisfactory before we... Um, we're using um, some state revenues along with uh, city revenues in order to um, complete the four areas of this project. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Vinton has provided some additional information. I just want to make sure I'm clear in terms of what's happening each year for the next year, including the upcoming 23-24, uh, 24-25, 2526 to completion. So um, we'll have discussion prior to our meeting on Wednesday. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think that's it for oh, Ms. Holmes. Good to see you again. Glad to be back. So um, we have one, two, three, four. We have six text amendments. And then I believe Councilwoman Trammell also has an amendment that she was, there was just a little confusion yeah. about submissions. So do you want to speak to that now, Councilwoman Trammell? Before she or, goes, can or, I interject? Or after? Quick. Mm -hmm. I'll wait. Okay. I'll defer if you want me to defer. I just wanted to highlight that for all in the room that there are two amendments that are not captured that came late breaking. Um, and so one of them is with um, 
President Jones looking to reintroduce the Broad Rock complex um, updates that he was looking for. Um, and in his absence, I just wanted to highlight what that was. It was 450000 um, to upgrade the soccer field and provide quality amenities. I imagine he will be open to having additional discussion um, based on what you have in your parks um, portfolio. Um, so that being said, and then the other one is um, what Ms. Tremel is prepared to talk about, but it's around the utility rates. So I will pause and send it over to her. Okay. Councilwoman Trammell. Um, I know that I've been speaking to so many people and getting so many phone calls for the past several months, not only about the the assessments going up. I've had to explain to them that the real estate tax stayed the same. Um, it stayed a dollar twenty. What went up is your assessments, which by law, everywhere in the city, just not certain parts of the of the city went up. Everywhere went up, and I tried to reduce the real estate tax by four cents. And I want to thank you for your phone calls, trying to you know to explain to me that it cannot be done at this time because the other half of the taxes are due in June, but maybe we can talk about it later past that date. So I want to thank you for that and thank you for understanding, you know, where the people are coming from. So then I wanted to keep the utilities to be the same, um, not to increase any utilities because the people are struggling. I just got, when, I, when Lincoln was up there talking, I just got a, a senior crying on the phone because she's scared they're going to cut her water off, and she's 90-some years old. This is what, I mean, I'm out here every single day. Everybody has my cell number, my home number, and they personally call me, even from other districts, if they're not able to get someone to answer the phone, like from City Hall. But anyway, everyone is talking about these utilities are awful, and we just cannot give them another burden on them when the, we can't lower the real estate tax. Well, they want to know, why can't we just leave the utilities alone, at least for this this year? I was out there yesterday talking to seniors over there on South Hall, and that was, you know, one of them was retired from the sheriff's office, another one retired from the city, and they were like, please, please, do something. Look at, and they wanted to even give me the, the utility bills. So I'm hoping that... I don't know who, who we would talk to. Um, so certainly you can talk to me. We'll put in the amendment and have some conversation with the administration about how that can actually happen in the next two days. Thank you. So, so Councilwoman Trammell, if I heard you correctly, you just want to keep the rates level for the year, and so the amendment would be whatever the fiscal impact of that is. Okay. All right. So. Okay, plow through the text amendments, and then we'll try and get like a 15-minute break before our 4 o'clock. So we'll say okay. the first of the... I, sorry, were you turning it back to me? Okay, Dr. Newbell, did you have something? Yes, but it'll be a new amendment to a text... It's a text amendment. It's not a, an additional dollar amount, and it's budget neutral. So I'm not sure where that comes in. Okay. Do you want Do you want to speak to it today, or you're just mm -hmm. saying you? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Just to give a heads up, uh, we have our quasi-governmental entities funded within our non-departmental areas. 
Uh, one of the amendments here is the ambulance authority, and the re amendment is to really put those funds into a category that's RAA. And I'm simply wanting to request the same for RBHA, which is also in non-departmental, which is also quasi-governmental, and to have it be similarly positioned. Uh, budget neutral, there's no additional request. Uh, that's it. So it's... Okay. So um, why don't just maybe in between any break we have today, <laughs> you all get yes. with yes, Miss Holmes and staff and try and um, sure. she has get that not, on paper. She has not had that. I hadn't. I will. Thank you, Vice okay. President. All right. Okay. Ms. Trammell? Did you just say something about a nonprofit? No, 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 not at all. What, which one did you say? I don't okay, know. so um, Richmond, behave, we have quasi-governmental entities, at least as I think of them, the Richmond Ambulance Authority, the Richmond Behavior Health Authority, the Richmond Redevelopment and Housing Authority. They, right now, the only two that the funding line item is within the non-departmental is the Ambulance Authority and the Richmond Behavior Health Authority. And I'm suggesting, consistent with this amendment, that's this text amendment, that we put our quasi-governmental, that we take them out of non-departmental. It is budget neutral. It is not changing uh, any funding amount, but that we're consistent in recognition of these things as our quasi-governmental entities. So it's not a nonprofit. I mean, not. There are nonprofits within non-departmental, but it's just these three non, the only two non-quasi-governmental uh, entities that are within uh, the non-departmental to pull them out and have them be separately earmarked. That's it. Okay. So that's a, that's a forthcoming amendment. Oop. So we'll, we'll look for that, um, and we can... Yes, Councilwoman Trammell. But it doesn't touch the Richmond Amlamps Authority, though, right? No, no, it's budget or, neutral. Or Richmond Housing Authority? No. no. Okay. We talk. We talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to move forward. We're going to let Ms. Holmes go through all the text amendments. Okay? All right. Let's do this. All right. So the first one before you is for public defenders. There is some conversation ha that will be happening with the city attorney's office about, um, I would say, the, the legality of having a contingency based on other funding. Um, but my understanding is that this is in contingent on additional funding that they would potentially be receiving um, to be able to backfill if they did not receive said funding. Um, and that's for $1.1 million. So we're going to have some conversation um, between now and um, Wednesday to, f to find out how we, can make th how we can make this plausible, if at all, um, based on uh, legal standards. The next one is for the Fifth Street. Excuse uh, me. Sorry. Uh, Councilwoman Trammell? You're the first one? Yes. About the public defenders. Okay, how much is that? Right now it's $1.1 million. Um, how much? 1.1. It's right on it. One, two, three. It's your third column. I messed up. Second, you're out of your space. Okay. Um, it's one that's the ones with second chances that they believe in giving people second chances, per se. No. Uh, Help me with that. This is for staff. It is. 
Okay. No, it's it's a staffing support. If I'm if I understand correctly, I'm looking at Ms. Lynch's liaison. Come come here. I'll defer to her. No, I don't think she's on. So the administration, Amy Robbins, 5th District Liaison, Councilmember Stephanie Lynch. Um, the, uh, the administration, city council a few years ago worked for pay parity for the public defenders, um, the salaries between the, uh, the Commonwealth attorney and the public defenders were just grossly, like, horribly just not ad, um, uh, adequate when it came down to what they were making. So we started subsidizing the their salaries with the 1.2 that you see up there. Um, what they're hoping for currently in the, the governor's budget is that, that that will be covered. And if it's covered in the governor's budget, they're not going to need that 1.1, uh, 1.2 um, from us anymore. But they're currently working with, you know, a staff of 34 lawyers. They have one paralegal helping all of our residents in the city of Richmond that need legal help, and they just don't have enough support staff. And you've heard Stephanie talk about all of these public defenders being social workers as well. Um, some of the, the things that um, their clients need, they need wraparound services to move forward. So what they're hoping is if the governor, and this is an if, that's why we keep saying contingency. If the governor puts it in his budget and that frees up that money in our budget, that we can still help supplement that office so that the citizens of Richmond that truly need help when it comes down to being in the judicial system have the workaround, um, uh, have the um, holistic help when it comes down to having caseworkers help them move through, whether it's, you know, getting out of, you know, whatever circumstance they're in to getting a job to moving forward so they're never back in that situation again. Also having paralegals so that instead of just having one for the entire office, that they could have one per courtroom so that they could utilize that person a little bit more um, instead of doing their own uh, review of cameras, own review of everything. Uh, it would just be a huge help to the citizens of Richmond to be able to have that extra support. So um, I personally need a little clarity. I, Me too. Is this budget neutral? Okay, so it's, it's budget neutral. It's already in the budget, and if the funds come from the state, then it's just reallocated in a different way. Question. Okay. So the dollar amount you see up there right now is in non-departmental today. Okay. For the public defenders. Okay. Um, Councilwoman Trammell. Yeah, question. Oh. Okay. And then, and then I'll go to Councilwoman Lambert. I'd like to have more information on this, but, you know, I know we're running out of time, but I still, I mean, $1.2 million, and it, how many staff people would it be? Um, and then she says something about the governor to see what the governor is going to put in his Okay, she's going to so, call me. So why don't why don't we get more details? Thank you. So that we have um, a, a larger description than just what's here. Yes. Because I think it's a yeah. Because yeah, it, it looks like my colleagues confusing. want to know more too. Because it's like we don't. Yeah, yeah I definitely. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So, Councilwoman Lambert. Yeah, I same. concur with my colleague, and also uh, we just want to make sure if the governor does approve this funding, will that mean that we take this funding out of our budget, or is it will it be allocated somewhere else? That's where I want to be clear. And if we do choose to keep it there, we need to discuss that. So why don't we? Let's not debate it today. Yeah. Why don't we get some more details on the the intent of the text amendment, yeah. and then that can be circulated, and then at our next session we can yeah. dig in a little deeper. Yeah, thank Does you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Okay. Ms. Holmes? So we're, we're getting through. So the next two are the patron is um, Councilmember Robertson. The first is to add Fifth Street African American Burial Ground to include in the $2 million allocated for FY24 for archaeological work. I will pause and defer to you if you want to speak to it. Um, Councilwoman Robertson. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear we have. Mm -hmm. This is in the budget. Um, I'm just wanting to add mm -hmm. um, the Fifth Street African American Burial Ground in the list of historic locations that will be considered as a part of this. Um, so I'm just adding that in. Um, okay. Okay. Yes. Next one is also yours, and that's to amend the language in the CIP allocating $10 million to affordable housing trust fund. I think we've talked about this a couple times, but I'm going to allow you to opine. Well, not allow you, but I'm going to stop talking. Ms. Holmes, you, <laughs> I'm not, you know, this, so you're speaking to the next text amendment, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. So what, what this text amendment does is add language that this is already in the budget um, this ad language to say that uh, we will continue to use the affordable housing trust fund um, supervisory board to oversee the administration of, the, of these bonds and it really should be not i don't know i mean if legal agrees that it should be for the entire five years of bonding, not just one. It also included in the text amendment was that, you know, un unless, until another oversight or supervisory entity is put in place, we are, we, everyone know we are considering uh, a creation of a housing commission, but that is not done at the present time. Um, we've had this conversation with administration, there doesn't seem to be any opposition. Um, but at some point, the Affordable Housing Board will probably be restructured. A housing commission would be established at that time. That ordinance will come back to council for that housing commission to serve as the oversight for all funding as it relates to affordable housing development. But for the present time, right now where we are, we are saying that this these bonds will, the, the Affordable Housing Trust Fund Board will continue to serve as a supervisory board. Okay. But let me, Ms. Um, Nye, I want to expand upon that a little bit, uh, and maybe this will require 
me looking at another amendment as well, because it may not be a text amendment, but I need to discuss it with the administration. Um, there's still a lot of uncertain information as it relates to the ordinance that we have still on the book. We still have the ordinance on the book for the roll-off of the rehab, right? Um, the projection of what that dollar amount will be over the same period of time that we will be covering the debt service on the $50 million bond, uh, $50 million bonds is the numbers are very different. Like if the roll-off is done, is correct, $138 million. Uh, debt service on 50 million is about 90 million. Um, there needs to be an amendment added into this budget that says certain information needs to be brought back to the council as it relates to the execution of the bonding, such as making sure that the analysis that has not been done from the assessor's office and the administration of what those roll-off dollars would be, okay? Uh, if we, and at that point, whether or not, based on that analysis, council will make a decision as to what we want to do about this ordinance that's standing on the books, because I believe we need to address that. Uh, because we do not need risk coming to us every year, challenging us to put an additional millions of dollars in because of that ordinance. So we need to take, but we can't do that without the, a real analysis. The roll-off is a 10-year program. The analysis that has been done so far is for the entire 20 years. We cut off the abatement for a 10-year program. So there's, there's really a lot of unclear information there. And I don't, I want to be clear as to whether or not there's a need for an amendment to address those things that come to us before we uh, proceed with the bonding. Um, I'm supporting the bonding, not suggesting not supporting that. Just these are just additional reports that I think that we need, which um, we don't have. We don't have the analysis that we normally get um, from our financial advisor as to our debt. Uh, capacity based on the projections of debt to include this and uh, and where we are with that capacity. I've talked with the financial uh, consultant that works with us and he strongly recommend that we get that information as well. Um, so they, those may have to be additional amendments, um, Madam Chair, which I'm not sure of it yet until I get some clarification from the attorneys as to whether they are amendments that are required or we need to introduce in paper an ordinance to support that. So I'll let you know. Okay. That's a lot, yes. Councilwoman Robertson. But good, good. All things that need to be talked about and happen. Um, the Housing Commission, which is the first thing you talked about, I mean, if there is general consensus on that being our, our format moving forward, right. then I think we need to, you know, work on that 
paper and get that in the pipeline. Right. And if that's the case, then this text amendment might look different. And then we no, probably I, so need no, so to. So what I'm, what I'm saying is that the text amendment now is for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. It's, just, it's the supervisory board that uh, oversee those funds. And we do oversee general funds. This will be general funds. It would be assigned to that uh, board to continue their role. Right. At a later date, we may change that when we create a housing commission, but right now we haven't. Okay. And so that okay. would be just an amendment and change once that's created. Right. So the housing commission and the change of the oversight is one, but then also going back to our original paper on the allocation to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund and right. amending that or something right. to that effect. Yes. So... Clear? I think some of the <laughs> I think some of those items are more timely than others, but I'm sure Councilwoman Robertson can right now for the budget. Right. This amendment. The only thing that I would suggest that we clarify with this amendment is that is uh, the allocation, the CIP allocation in the budget is for 50 million, not just the 10, and all of the other provisions will come later, but for this budget, this is the only piece of the tax amendment that I think we need to put in place. Okay. Good. So we, we can talk more about that yeah. offline. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So Ms. Nye, the next one is yours. And that was similar to the conversation around RVHA. Don't know if you want to have more conversation here. Um, it's pretty straightforward. There was 1.4 allocated to RAA that had a contingency clause on it. So Councilwoman Jordan and Trammell and myself are just asking that we take the contingency off and roll it into their whole allocation. So then the next one is also you, and this is amendment will earmark $4.5 million um, to increase cost commitments that come from any collective bargaining contracts. So this um, actually shouldn't be 4.5 because we can't project what the fund balance mm -hmm. um, is going to be, but just looking at the fund balance that will be, that is to be determined for this fiscal year and setting aside um, the part of the funds off the top for collective bargaining and any negotiations that might happen during the year next year so that there is money to access if needed. And the last one is Ms. Jordan, and it's all new fleet purchases must prioritize acquisition of electric vehicles if available, then hybrid vehicles, then alternative fuel source, and lastly, internal combustion engines. Thank you. Yes, this is just asking the city to implement the Green Fleet Plan that they already created. Thank you. That would be all of the proposed tax amendments that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. Um, and then we have Councilwoman Newbell's one. We have 
Councilwoman Trammell's um, utility bills, and then we have Council uh, President Jones Broad Rock one. Yes. Um, yes. Let let me just talk real quick mm -hmm. about next steps, and then I'll, I'll let you speak, um, Mr. Saunders. So we have a budget session scheduled for Wednesday at one o'clock. We had a lot of. Um, items that we talked about today where more information is needed. I heard Mr. Bob say, you know, conversations are going to be happening offline to try and come back and have, you know, make decisions on Wednesday. Um, it, just figure out things so we can move ahead. I guess, Ms. Holmes, do you feel like you have enough time to get things, we're talking about 48 hours, so um, I, Do you want to but, um, President Jones is not here, but perhaps if more time is needed, we could look at some dates next week if that makes more sense. If we're going to have a, okay, this is our final meeting, um, we certainly don't want to say this is our final budget amendment meeting, but not have all the information in front of us to make decisions. I would, it would be my preference to potentially schedule an additional meeting um, as a potential next step um, or opportunity because we, we will be going one to four, but seeing as we went through this now, I'm not quite sure that we'll make it through one to four um, and be on the other side with a finalized um, uh, balanced budget. So if we could schedule something in that next week, I think that would be great because then we can do it within you know your time frames. And then if we need to take it off, we can take it off. Um, if my now pessimism um, has <laughs> about getting it done, I still feel like we're still have enough time to be able to get through some of these things with the assistance of Rob Bob and the collaboration with the administration, but I would be, I would feel more comfortable if we had an additional date scheduled in that off week between the 12th and Monday, April 24th. Okay, so council members, we will discuss while we're kind of in between meetings and I'll circle with President Jones. Would that mean we would cancel this Wednesday or would, do we have things to do this Wednesday? There are, sorry. <laughs> Ms. Lambert said yes. I think we have things to do Wednesday. I'm proposing that we move forward on Wednesday and then have a cushion of another date in case we don't finish. Okay. All right. And then we'd have Wednesday and then we'd have one more and that would be our final and then we'd wrap it up. Correct. That would be our game plan. That okay. would be the game plan. Okay. All right. You have anything else you need to share with council members? I do not, but I believe uh, Lincoln has something he would like to ask. I believe Lincoln has a question. <laughs> Mr. Saunders. So uh, thank you, um, Madam Vice President. Uh, this was our first time seeing the text amendments in this meeting, so um, didn't have a chance to, to review and identify any questions beforehand. Um, I'm not going to respond to each of them. The one that um, I just am not clear on is the earmarking 4.5 million from the FY23 fund transfer. I'm not sure 
what line and appropriation you might be referring to, Madam Vice President? Um, it's not in this budget, so it, it's it's for the forthcoming fund balance that we'll have at the end of this current fiscal year. So you're referring to, so okay, so it, it said fund transfer as opposed to fund balance. Okay, I yes. just wanted to be. Yes, and it's not 4.5, it's whatever is that top 10% of the fund balance that we don't know what that's gonna be yet. Okay, so the amendment is to pre-allocate that surplus prior to, okay. All right, thank you for the clarification. That is all that I have to present. Okay. All right. Council members, anything else? All right. This budget work session is adjourned. Thank you.